You're listening to Latin Waves with your hosts, Sylvia and Stuart Richardson. Latin Waves is more than just hot rhythms. This is a show about community, about creating a culture that is inclusive and based on fairness. Because everyone deserves dignity, respect, and has something to contribute. A new world is possible, and it all starts with us. You are listening to Latin Waves. I'm very privileged to have Bruce Gagnon on the line. Bruce Gagnon is a longtime peace advocate and labor organizer, and he's on the line with me now. Thanks for joining me, Bruce. Thank you, Stuart. Can you speak to some of the background to this conflict? How did we get here? Well, let's start there. How, how did we get to this moment? Well, it really intensified in 2014 when the U.S. orchestrated a coup d'etat in Kiev. This was during the Obama administration. Actually, Vice President, then Vice President Joe Biden was in charge of the operation. He went back and forth to Ukraine many, many, many times. And one of the first things that the new government that the U.S. installed, a right-wing government, uh, one of the first things they did was to ban the speaking of Russian in Ukraine, if you can imagine that. It's the most ridiculous thing you ever heard in your life, especially for the people in eastern Ukraine, nearest to the Russian border. It's called the Donbass region. And these people, uh, mostly coal miners uh, uh, in that area, they came out of the mines and began organizing peaceful marches saying we want a federated Ukraine. We want to be able to speak our uh, indigenous language and we want to elect our own leaders rather than have this new U.S. installed government in uh, Kiev appoint our local officials, uh, you know, our city mayors and things like that. And so the peaceful marches, and they also were collecting signatures to hold referendums, saying, again, we want a federated Ukraine. They're often called Russian separatists, but in the very early days, they were just saying, we, no, we're, we're Ukrainians. We just want our government to respect our local autonomy. And as they did that, as they held these <clears throat> marches and held these referendums, they were attacked by Nazi death squads, that predominate, these Nazis predominate in western Ukraine, over by the Poland border, and they were being trained by the U.S. and NATO early on. They were equipped, trained, directed, and sent to the eastern part of the country to attack the people in the Donbass. So since 2014, more than 14,000 citizens in Donbass, Ukrainian citizens, were killed by these uh, Nazi-led Ukrainian army and 34,000 people injured. Well, that's horrific. That's uh, almost 50,000 people killed or injured. And nobody in the West knew anything about it. Nobody in the West talked about it. None of the peace groups talked about it. Declared, oh, what a terrible thing. 48,000 people either killed or injured. Nobody in Washington uh, said it was a horrific crime. Why? Well, because they helped instigate it. What's the reason, though? Why does the United States want to do something like that, and NATO? Well, simple as can be, because they've now admitted it. Just this past week, uh, Secretary of War Austin, former Raytheon board member, said that we want to weaken Russia. Mm. Biden has already said we want Putin out of there. We want regime change in Russia. It's very clear. And with 
climate change, the melting of the Arctic ice, as it turns out, Russia has the largest land border with the Arctic, and the Western Resource Extraction Corporations want to get up in that region of the Arctic and drill, baby, drill. Mm. And so they, what they were trying to do is break Russia up into pieces, into smaller countries, like the U.S. NATO did in 1999 to former communist country Yugoslavia. It was broken up into smaller nations, essentially privatized. The Western corporations went in and took over, installed Western-backed governments. And the whole, so that's what they want to do with Russia. Russia is a existential problem, they say. What is that problem? It's we don't control it. And we have to control it. We, meaning the West. I shouldn't even use the word we, because yeah. I don't really subscribe to that. Right. But that's what's really driving this whole thing. But, you know, just like any war, 2003, shock and awe in Iraq, weapons of mass destruction. Oops, oh, they didn't have any. Well, you know, New York Times said they did. And so today the New York Times says Putin and Russia are evil. They have to be, you know, taken down. And so that's where we go. The Western media is driving this whole thing because there's an agenda underway. And just at the very time that this recent war started, February 24th, I think the date is, as it turned out, the U.S. and NATO were having a war game called Cold Response right on the tip of the Norwegian and Russian border up in the Arctic. Ah, Mm. interesting. Tens of thousands of U.S. NATO troops right up that way having a war game preparing for when the war will escalate into the Arctic where the U.S. and NATO want to take control. So this isn't just something that just happened overnight because Russia invaded Ukraine. Uh, No, this happened because the U.S. and NATO have been planning it for years. And I've been following this since... Uh, long before 2013 and 2014 when the coup happened in Kiev, again, orchestrated by the U.S. So this has long been in the making. You know, they say that uh, in the 1600s, Poland invaded Russia, tried to take it down. 1700s, Sweden invaded. 1800s, Napoleon from France invaded. 1900s, two times, World War One and then World War Two when Hitler invaded, mm-hmm. 27 million former Soviet uh, citizens were killed by the Nazis. But every time the West has tried to destroy Russia, they fail. And now here we are in 2022, and the West is going at it one more time. Oh, let me just say, this time it could turn into World War Three, and it could go nuclear in a hot flash. You're absolutely right, and I don't condone Russia in Ukraine. I don't condone any imperialism, but I would like to say that some crimes are noisy and some crimes are quiet. It's quiet in Palestine. It's quiet in Yemen. It's quiet in Syria. It's quiet all over the world, but it seems very noisy when uh, the West and the Western media and social media decide it's an issue. It becomes a big issue. And it is a big issue, but those other places become very quiet and invisible invisibilized. I look at social media and I look at our mainstream media and the voices of peace are getting censored and shut down and just drowned out by this bellicose language of war. And I have to say, Bruce, I was walking downtown 
yesterday in downtown Vancouver and there's so many stores that are, don't exist anymore. There's so much homelessness. There's so much poverty. And there's kind of a war going on at home that this conveniently distracts from. So can you talk to, about how these wars kind of serve capitalist interest at home and abroad? Um, no, that's a real good question. Before I do that, I just want to say that the reason why Russia invaded was to stop this killing of the people in the Donbass, these Russian ethnic citizens mm-hmm. who were being slaughtered since 2014 in the Donbass region. Russia had to do something about it, and they did. There's no doubt about it. You know, I, I just read today that <clears throat> 10 European EU countries that say they're not going to pay for Russian gas in rubles, as Russia is now demanding, instead of dollars. Uh, but they're actually doing it on the QT. So it's interesting because you're, we're already seeing that European countries are having dramatic uh, inflation. The prices of food is rising dramatically. I just had an email from a, a peace group in Hungary today that said that their cost of living has just risen through the sky like a rocket ship. And all of this is going to affect us in the United States and in people in Canada in a deep, deep way. Uh, and guess who's benefiting? The military-industrial complex, their stock values have just taken off like a rocket ship. Uh, the military is uh, going to be getting a lot more money. Biden is just asking for $33 billion, that's with a B, more dollars to send to Ukraine, more military hardware. Well, guess who's going to profit off that? Not mm-hmm. the American people. No, these uh, wealthy uh, corporations. So, you know, this thing is a rigged game. What's happening is that just like that happened during COVID, there's going to be more unemployment. There's going to be more uh, dislocation, more people losing their homes because they're not going to be able to afford the rents anymore. I don't know about in Canada, but like where I live right now, a one-room apartment in the city of Bath, I live in Bath, Maine, mm-hmm. is $1,500 a month. It's Jesus outrageous. Christ. People yeah. can't afford it. People don't make enough money to pay for that kind of thing. So th- this is going to get worse and worse and worse. So this is going to be a blowback. So all of the people out there waving the flags, the Ukrainian flags, and cheering on Ukraine, oh, yeah, go get them, go tear up Russia, take them down, regime change there, get Putin, assassinate him. In fact, uh, you know, there's going to be blowback for all this, and people ought to start considering that while the, uh, while they're out there promoting war that might, again, turn nuclear. Uh, it's just insane. It, it I, is. You know, yeah. some people in the peace movement are out there promoting promoting this, uh, you know, let's go get them, war. I saw a thing that distressed me to no end yesterday. Paul McCartney was doing a concert somewhere, and he comes out with this massive Ukrainian flag. Another guy comes on the stage with him with a big American flag, and another guy comes out with a big British flag. I mean, this is just insane, promoting war. You know, I, I just don't get it. All you need is love, right? Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really sad. And the world has been through COVID. So many businesses are shutting down. So many people are hurting. Here in Vancouver, the price of gasoline is $2.05 a liter this morning. That's, <laughs> for the American viewers, that's $8.20. Can you imagine? And I'm, I'm really tired of wealthy 
people on Twitter saying that we just have to suck it up for the war effort. These, these people who have never worried about money in their lives are telling working class people who are struggling away to just suck it up. And of course, they've been blaming Russia ever since Trump got elected. And they, they said, you know, Russia rigged the election. There was there was no evidence of that. Never, they've been they, never any evidence. They just went, the Clintons and everybody went after Russia, 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 Russia. And there's been a lot of this Russian phobia ever since that election. And they've wanted this war for a long time. And can you imagine sending tens of billions of dollars in military aid? Our government, Canada, sending lethal aid to Russia when we got so many thousands of homeless people out on the streets. So this capitalist economies are kind of slowing down and failing. And it's really convenient now to blame Russia for that. But... Can you talk about before this conflict, uh, recovering from COVID? What what was the situation in the United States? Was it thriving? <laughs> did, did did Biden get elected because uh, they wanted people wanted to go to war? So how have uh, our so-called progressive governments let us down? The the governments that preach about healthcare and taking care of people, how have they failed us on this conflict? Well, you know, when Biden ran for president in that election, he would not commit to Medicare for all, which is our version of national, you know, health uh, uh, care. Right. Take it out. Take it out of the hands of the uh, industry, uh, insurance companies, and put it in the you know single single payer health care program, like you all have. Um, but. Uh, we don't have a progressive government. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, our Speaker of the House, I just uh, was reading an article. She just went over to uh, meet with Zelensky and uh, telling him how much uh, the United States loves him and uh, the actor that he is reading a script that is essentially being prepared by the CIA. That's who's running this whole operation. It's a CIA operation. You know, during the uh, 1970s, the Congress did an investigation of Operation Mockingbird, which discovered that the CIA had 400 of their people inserted into the uh, Western media, and they were writing the scripts for the news stories that were coming out in Western media. Well, that's what's happening today. I'm sure they have more than 400 today. Uh, So people really need to get get, uh, a clear understanding that this whole thing is a production, like a Hollywood movie, uh, and Zelensky, where we shouldn't call him Zelensky because he says don't use the letter Z. So Mr. Alinsky, President Alinsky, he's an actor. He's playing a role, the biggest role of his career. Uh, and it's uh, and, and the whole thing is a fabrication. It's just astounding that more people can't see this, you know, based on our experience, especially adults, you know, who've been through Vietnam. We've been through... Afghanistan, 20 years of that. Now imagine 20 years, U.S.-NATO fighting and can't beat Afghanistan after 20 years, and now they want to take on nuclear-armed Russia? Mm. I mean, just think it through. And at the same time, they're uh, saying we're going to expand NATO into a global alliance, meaning they want to use NATO to encircle China as well. So they're signing up Japan, South Korea, Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, other country, countries in the Asia Pacific, signing up, up the, signing them up as NATO partners to help encircle China. 
And so they're going for a two-front war now to take down both these countries. Because why? The West sees that its domination of the global economy, its domination of politics, is vanishing. We're moving to a multipolar world where more countries are involved in decision-making. And rather than this unipolar world where the, the U.S. and its uh, chihuahuas that sit on its <laughs> lap in Europe yeah. uh, are running the world. And this is what this whole thing is about. It's the epic battle trying of the U.S. At, at, of cap, corporate, cap, corporate globalization, corporate capitalism trying to hang on to power. You listen to Latin Ways. To support our work, please visit latinwaysmedia.com and consider becoming a member for as little as $1 per month. Thank you for listening. I really think it's a small minority of people. Nobody wants war, and it's absolutely shameful that we're spending billions of dollars on this instead of um, getting together. Sometimes in global international politics, you have to talk to people you don't like about and also consider the history and the record of these empires, of of (laughs) the British Empire, the U.S. Empire. Just remember, Bruce, we we had a conversation a couple years ago about the evil, most horrendous dictator in the Americas, uh, Maduro in Venezuela. He's a thug. He must be overthrown. We must take him down. What happened a couple weeks ago? Apparently, he's gotten better. <laughs> and and the U.S. Yeah. wants to buy oil from him. So consider yeah. the hypocrisy of the Europe, of NATO allies and some, you know, these NATO members who are lapdogs. Canada will do whatever the U.S. is prompting them to do, and they'll follow suit. But I remember this whole brouhaha about Venezuela's threat. All of a sudden, apparently their their human rights are getting better when the U.S. needs a little bit of oil. Yeah. Well, you know, the, another case of this hypocrisy are the German Greens that are now part of this new government in, in uh, Germany. Uh, the, uh, the minister of... Uh, defense, as they call it, I guess, uh, is a Green Party person. And the Greens, you know, uh, helped Germany get rid of their nuclear and their move to sustainable technologies because of climate change. Well, now they're saying we're going to abandon that. We're going to possibly go back to nuclear again. Uh, And they're promoting LNG from the United States. We're not going to buy Russian natural gas, which is much cleaner than LNG fracked gas. And now the U.S. will be shipping fracked gas overseas at a much, much higher cost. Uh, You know, Russia is a lot closer to Germany than the United States is. And so just think about it. Uh, The German Greens who, uh, you know, uh, finally came to power and they gave it all up. They gave up everything they believed in just so they could have power and support this war and support the United States shipping LNG gas over. So clearly the United States has an agenda. Get Europe to reject Russian uh, natural gas, have them buy our fracked gas and... uh, it's just it's it's unbelievably hypocritical. I seen a a tweet. It was a little humorous, and and someone was saying, uh, "Hey, if you want to do business with Venezuela, why aren't you talking to Juan Guaido? Didn't you put <laughs> didn't you proclaim him the president a couple years ago? You know, <laughs> so it's right. absolutely hypocrisy. And for those North Americans saying, you know, be tough on Russia, you don't." <laughs> 
you don't live next door to Russia. You don't live, your country's not dependent on 35% of your fuel from Russia. You're not the one going to have extreme poverty. And things are just getting terrible in this world. And people have been through so much. Um, here in British Columbia, we just had massive floodings in the summer. We had a heat dome fire. We, we had COVID. And now we're having to think about conflict with the, you know, large super nuclear power. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And I think this is just being driven by the corporate media, by the censors and uh, political operatives on, on social media. I'm certainly seeing a lot of tweets censored and taken down. So it's important we get our voice out. And And what would you say to people who are, are just struggling away and, and they just see these things as inevitable if they just see this the u.s seems to always be at war you know what where do we go from here because it seems both political parties seem to be in the same racket well you know i have a son and i want him to have a future on this planet i imagine anyone listening with children wants the same for their children as well Let's don't think about just this moment. Let's think about the future, the next seven generations, right? Isn't it our job as living human beings today to ensure that the future generations can survive? How are we going to survive in a war economy? How are we going to survive if we don't deal with the reality of climate change? How are we going to survive if we can't afford food and we can't afford a place to live? This has to change. And how can any of us survive if any country feels they don't have security? That's all Russia was asking for. Stop NATO expansion. Stop NATO war games on our doorstep. The U.S. has built two uh, first strike attack missile launch facilities that can fire Tomahawk cruise missiles that are nuclear capable from Romania and Poland. The U.S. built these two launch facilities in Romania and Poland. Now, what's the difference? What if uh, Russia built uh, launch facilities in Canada and Mexico? How would the U.S. respond? The would, U.S. would go ballistic and in flash, I'll tell you that right now. Mm -hmm. But when the U.S. does it to Russia, first of all, nobody knows about it. And secondly, if they do know about it, well, you're not supposed to worry about it. It's no big deal because we can do whatever the hell we want to do. Well, that's not the way it works. That's not the way you build common security for everybody around the planet. So I say, uh, what's, as my mother always told me, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Let's treat other countries like Russia with respect and stop thinking that we have the right to determine their future, that we're going to decide that we're gonna, we don't like your leadership, so we're going to take it down. Let's stop agreeing to that. Let's stop as taxpayers helping to fund that kind of uh, uh, thing. And in the meantime, I urge people to take a look at my blog, which is called Organizing Notes, N-O-T-E-S, where I daily post about my journey as an organizer and an activist. Uh, just search for it on the Internet along with my name, Bruce Gagnon, and uh, take a look at what I, have to, what I have to share about what's going on. I'll definitely put a link on, on um, the bottom of this interview for, for that information. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time, and we see the same over and over and over again. Our mainstream media... When there's a conflict, they all fall behind the state. There's no anti-war voices. There's no skepticism. Anyone who's skeptical gets called like a Putin puppet or some nonsense. This has been going on for a long time. 
I don't condone conflict. I, I've, I've been consistently anti-war. But, you know, as grown-ups, sometimes you have to talk to people you don't like if there's a conflict. Sometimes, you know, just we just expect our governments to act like grown-ups and, and put their own personal interests aside for the good of the the good of the many and uh, I don't want to see people suffering on poverty and I don't want to see these kinds of conflicts so any parting thoughts I mean there's so many exciting projects we could be doing but here we are focused on war I, I wish I didn't have to keep leaning on you to, to talk about these issues I wish we could talk about more exciting projects so any anything you want to leave us with that's that's a little bit hopeful or a little bit inspiring well, hope is hard to find these days, but hope only comes from action. It doesn't come from uh, being sedentary or acquiescing to corporate domination of our lives. And that's what we're facing today. Hope only comes from action and from people moving together to protect each other. That's what we're talking about here, protecting each other, ensuring there's a future. So the only hope we'll have is hope that we create by action. Absolutely. I was listening to um, an interview today about a small group and they're, they're suing one of the Canadian banks um, for funding tar sand development because they say they're involved in greenwashing and they have a case and they're taking on it. That's amazing. Ordinary people, when they come together, can do amazing things. And I know uh, you did some work on the School of the Americas where they train death squads in, in the United States and and. Those guys, uh, I think they've had to move or they had to shut down. But there's a, there's 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 things that people do. Their name. Yeah, but they they have a lot of pressure put on those guys and, and exposure for that evil institution that kept going on and on. So I, I think there's a lot of victories. But I think we have to overcome party politics. We have to overcome the fact that yeah. I'm a person first. I'm a Democrat second. I'm a person. I'm a humanist. I'm a person first before I belong to a party, and I'm going to evaluate. Really important point. You know, if Biden was a Republican, the peace movement in the United States, at least, I can promise you, would be largely united. Whereas today, um, one of the reasons why the peace movement is so divided in the U.S. is because so many Democrats don't want to speak out against their party leader. For sure. Same in Canada. We have a a leader that says pretty things and sounds eloquent, but. He's sending weapons galore to Saudi Arabia, to uh, Ukraine, and there's not even a whisper from the peace movement. So uh, let's let's be a person first, and and let's um, belong to a party second or third or fourth. <laughs> so thank well, let me just say to you, Stuart, you bring me hope because you're uh, you're really an intelligent, loving human being, and you're saying things that are true. Uh, based on my own experience uh, as an activist for many, 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 many years. And um, that brings me hope, and I thank you for that. I thank you, Bruce, and I'll put some links to your great work that you're doing, and uh, we'll we'll keep plugging away. Uh, we've been talking about this, but we're not alone. A lot of the things that we're saying, a lot of people are thinking, and they feel alone. You're not alone, folks. Um, you're on the right side of history if you're looking for peace. And I thank you again for doing this. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Latin Waves. Latin Waves is an independently produced syndicated radio program made available for free to campus and community radios and also to the world at latinwavesmedia.com. 
Please visit the website to hear previous shows, hear about upcoming events, and consider becoming a member for as little as $1 per month.